Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. Number 11, not 10, I was wrong, uh, team in the country in all of Remax in the U.S. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So I, I guess where I wanted to lead off this week, ladies, is that we, we, we are constantly dealing with this barrage of news around the housing market. And it's like, right, I feel like every time rates move an eighth of a point, there, there's a <laughs> notification. Or every time there's some piece of data, and I feel like, there's almost analysis paralysis by economists in the market right now where every piece of data, whether it's the CPI or whenever the Fed makes a statement, no matter what it is, there's this reaction and everyone freaks out. And all that in mind, the housing market's still kind of going in the direction it's been going in over the past 30, 45 days here since the beginning of the year. And what our uh, friends at Housing Wire did and I thought this was very intelligent. Connie Kim put an article together about the three-pronged challenge with the housing market. And it's three fundamental issues, and we've talked about all of them. I don't know that we've ever weaved them together as well as she did. And that, and then there's some predictions in here from Black Knight as well. And the, the reality is that the, the three-pronged challenge is this. So we've got interest rates that are going up. We've got inventory that's declined a little bit since the beginning of the year. And home prices softening. Um, they're saying they fell um, by 0.24%. Uh, you know, every market's a little different. I haven't seen prices fall in our market, um, but I know they are falling in other parts of the country. So it kind of depends where you are. Knowing we've got these three challenges that, that, that are in play here, and there, there's some other factors we're going to discuss, how are you communicating that to people? Um, how are people dealing with this? Consumers? Mortgage lenders, obviously, we're dealing with it as real estate agents. How are you communicating these challenges is my first question for you, because there's going to be some agents that are going to say, hey, Sarah, it's, it's a great time to buy no matter what. Or, hey, Stacy, it's the perfect time to sell your house no matter what the conditions are. And those people will lose in this market because people will stop trusting you when you start spewing out that salesman nonsense. So how are you explaining these challenges? Because I, I would argue Consumers today are more well-informed than ever about what's going on, maybe overly informed, maybe improperly informed, but they're informed versus 10, 15 years ago, and people didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that I'm doing is making sure to connect them to a lender that I, I know and I trust. Um, there's always going to be clients out there that have their own lender, they own per- like, you know, somebody they've done a past deal with or, you know, whatnot, but... Um, if it's if they're in a position where they are looking to be connected with somebody, I know that I have people that I can connect them with that will um, really be able to figure out the financial aspect of of things with. Um, whether that's talking about different um, you know loan programs, whether we're looking at a conventional, uh, whether we're looking at fixed, whether we're looking at adjustable rate, um, to kind of determine you know, where you can save and where you can kind of move the needle a little bit to have things work in your favor. Um, so that's that's always an important piece that I like to connect right off the bat. Um, and then we can kind of figure out some of the other pieces. Yeah, I have to agree. You have to know what you're working with to before you even get started. Right. So for buyers, they have to know 
you know, their price point that they can search in. That's mm-hmm. like a number one. I know that Sarah and I come in contact with a lot of first-time home buyers that they're just, you know, shooting in the dark out there. They're, they just like this house. They want to go see it. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, you dive deeper, they haven't any idea of what they qualify for. They, they do know somewhat of what their monthly payments want. To, they want their monthly payments to look like. But getting them in touch with uh, a lender to find out that information first. Do they even qualify? Right. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, what do they qualify for? What type of loan programs, like Sarah said, you know, are we dealing with FHA, conventional? What can we do? How much money do we have to to play around with as far as being able to utilize some funds for appraisal deficits? So then you can really get into the, the meat of it when you mm-hmm. know that information. You can sit down with them. I think that's the most important thing. Have a meeting, sit down with them, see what they've heard or have learned on their own throughout, you know, whether it be on social media <laughs> or watching TV, what do they know about the market? What do they know about the local market? Talk to them why there's inventory shortages, why we're feeling the, the stress right now that we're feeling um, and their expectations. What, right. what do they expect? Sure. Um, is it realistic? You know, do we have to, you know, go over the 75 percent you know, meets the mark kind of thing. But yeah, it's sitting down with them, getting in their heads, finding out their motivation, getting them prepped and ready, then they're going to be um, in for a much more successful ride. Right. And along with that, you know, motivation and price point, then figuring out, you know, if if there aren't enough properties that are falling into your buckets based off of those things, where can we maybe be flexible? Can we expand the the area a little bit? Um, are there things that you're willing to kind of wait for until later, meaning like a home that maybe needs a little bit of work or that at some point you could do that addition onto, um, you know, just kind of trying to make them aware of how we can kind of structure things or how you can maybe get more bang for your buck or is that location the most important and you're maybe willing to give up um, some of those other things on your want list. And I guess figuring out also what is the wants and what are the needs because at the beginning they're all a need, you know, (laughs) and then you have to kind of really filter down like what actually is. And it goes the same for like, you know, I know like me personally, when, when I was initially out home searching, like it's like need, 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 need. And then it's like, no, a lot of these are not needs, you know? So figuring kind of getting to the bottom of that and getting clear. That, that, that's really valuable, and I love that it's education first, not like close to close to sell, which is a, which is a lot of what what a lot of agents do. They don't know how to build that relationship, how to build trust, and in uncertain times when there's all this noise in the marketplace, where and typically we're seeing things happen that have never happened before, because when rates go up, usually inventory goes up. That's not happening. So th- there, there's things that are defying logic from someone that understands like basic economics or anyone that's got a finance background. All of a sudden. When agents start talking, if they don't aim to focus on the client, then what ends up happening is they don't believe them and they don't trust them. And then all of a sudden they're probably shopping for another agent. So and and so many buyers, if they if they believe if they did what they believed in the marketplace. Right. Like, think about this when someone how many times has someone told you one thing like, oh, we're going to we're going to lowball this seller. Well, it's been on the market a day and there's 10 other offers Is that going to help you get the house if they would just do what they wanted to do they would never buy a house or they'd never sell their house. And I, I, I think that that's where a lot of people kind kind of fall short. So I, I love that that first point that you brought up there and it's really get people educated about what's actually going on. And you're talking about your home search. Well, you moved from Philadelphia to the suburbs. Those are like two different markets right now. So you got to get informed about that as well. 
So with those, that, that initial, let's educate people, let's keep them informed, to give an idea of what's happening, this comes from the vice president of Enterprise Research Strategy at Black Knight. We're seeing buyer demand dampened under pressure from rising rates and their impact on affordability with purchase rate lock volumes are cooling in late February. So to give some perspective, purchase rate locks were 21% below the same week in February of 2019 and 30% below 2018. So there, there is a drop-off, not from those hot COVID markets, but just from the normal pre-pandemic market. And with rates approaching, you know, six point seven five, getting close to seven percent, they've kind of danced around seven a little bit here. They they went up a, a, about a day or so. That's obviously dampening that demand as well. So we, we know that that these these are the challenges, and then this is what's happening in the market. So how should consumers proceed? Like, I mean, you're saying get educated. Number one, um, I'd argue they need to find someone who has multiple options for financing available right now. I don't think you can just go with your go-to lender anymore because their programs may not fit everybody. Uh, what are some of the solutions you're bringing to the table as knowledge brokers, as agents in the marketplace that are helping people understand, hey, you can still buy a home right now. It's not the end of the world. What, what are you doing right now to help consumers proceed? You've all done, you've both done sales, you know, over the past 30 days. What are those conversations like? Like, what, what are you explaining to them? really just going through the entire buying process and mm-hmm. what to expect. Um, there's just so many questions that, you know, it's just the, the unknowns to these folks. Um, you know, we've been through it so many times. It's <laughs> we have to slow down sometimes when we're speaking to them and not use, you know, acronyms and all that kind of lingo. But I think just getting them comfortable with the idea that it is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. Like you, it, it is a risk what you're trying to do, but the more knowledge you have, and the more that we can, um, you know, just go over and and do what you're comfortable with as far as submitting your offer. Are you willing to go above asking price? Are you comfortable with that? Are you willing to add anything to the appraisal deficit if there would be one? And why is that important to the seller? Um, there's other ways instead of going well over asking that you could sweeten it up with the seller, you know, maybe, uh, offer to pay that 1% transfer tax, which could be very valuable. Um, I think the more that the buyers know going into this market, um, and the more that they're aware of how they can present a strong offer, uh, within their comfort level. And that's the most important thing. They have to be Great comfortable point. with where they're going. Right. If they're not, you can only submit an offer to their comfort level. And if right. you know it's going to be beat out, then so be it. Right. But they will have to go through the process and learn. And and either if they're going, looking at homes that are well above their, you know, where they should be comfortably um, and they lose out on offers, then maybe they'll readjust their criteria. Yeah. But it is a learning process for that. And I think agents have to slow down and go at their pace sometimes because you right. can't push people th- into – this is their biggest investment. Right. They you know, have to be in the, be. the driver's seat yeah. in terms of, like, feeling comfortable and knowing at, like, the end of – after submitting some offers, if they if they lost it, that, like, you can kind of explain to them, like, where this could have been strengthened and what could have been done differently. But if that's not something they're comfortable doing, then it means, all right, we keep going forward. And um, I think really educating on the difference between pricing and terms. And, you know, yes. this is This is an price. excellent point. Everyone should yeah. take notes. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, like, this is price. That's one piece of of the equation. 
this is terms. And terms is a much longer list of ways that you can make things stand out or or be stronger without necessarily increasing price. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of just going through, like, these are all the different pieces of the puzzle. And now we take all those pieces and we formulate our offer. And how do you want that to look? Agreed. Well, and, and what I love, you, you talked about terms. And I, I think this is where agents need to get much more informed. I'm talking about having a couple lending partners because we, we have a lender we work with. There's times they can't get people approved and other people can. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the facts. They also don't have the same products that other people have. Um, if I'm looking at someone right now that says, hey, Sarah, I want to buy a house. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm running out of room. You know, the house isn't getting bigger. Mm-hmm. The right. kids are getting bigger. The family gets bigger. The house doesn't get bigger. Well, it might be best for them to look at something like a 2-1 buy-down where they can mm-hmm. negotiate that term and they grow into the payment. And rates are predicted to go down later this year. So there is the ability to refinance. There's some lenders offering a free refinance to their clients right now in the next 12 mm-hmm. months based on how much that, that, that rates are going to drop. There's lenders out there like Tomo, uh, who we've talked about before, where they'll eat the appraisal gap, right? Like that would get people wow. into the homes. Oh my! Gosh. There's a little vetting going on, but I mean, it's it's something that other lenders aren't offering. And mm-hmm. to me, it's not just about being aggressive on the agent side. You got to find multiple partners that are going to be aggressive with you to navigate these three challenges. Because when there's low inventory, how many times you had a buyer not a, cover an appraisal difference and it cost them the house? Yep, mm-hmm. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You've got that in your back pocket, and Tomo does their research and, and whatever else, and then all of a sudden you've got a loan that's ready to sign. I mean, that, that could win you the house, mm-hmm. right, just from having the right partner, mm-hmm. not anything else. It's about connections. They say your network is your net worth. You've heard that before. Yes. Um, secondly, understanding what the heck a 2-1 buy-down is in the first place. Yep. So if you don't know, for all the listeners out there, you pay a lump sum up front, and it's going to be uh, typically a couple percentage points of the loan amount, the rate goes down 2% the first 12 payments, 1% the second 12 payments, and then you're locked at the current one. So if rates never go down, you're still – you're basically like it's, – it's like a shell game. You're, you're paying up front for a lower payment. That could make a difference for somebody if they're growing a business and they have a lot of cash or they expect to get a promotion. Uh, and, and really, you know, some of the things I wrote down here is you got to see what's best for your situation from a budget standpoint and from your living situation. And this goes for sellers and for buyers because – you know, right now, two thirds of all the sellers, they have a four or less as the first digit in their in their mortgage payment. And when that happens, it, it could be, hey, I've got this great monthly payment, but I can't take care of the house anymore. Right. Like that's what you got to focus on is the people's actual reason for selling, because there's still going to be four million homes that sell. It's just that there's if you're not talking about what's best for your household, what's best for you, and what's best for you know Stacy, what's best for Sarah, whomever. It's, it's never going to work. And that's where agents often miss. They just immediately go to, you ready to write an offer? You want right. to buy this house? Right. Like there's no, there's no lead up. It's, it's going straight from contact to closing instead of all the things that happen in between that separates good agents from great agents. Mm-hmm. So what do you think happens with rates? We're talking about rates are likely to come down this year. I mean, right now we've got a Fed meeting coming up later this month. There's a lot of factors here. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with rates? I think this is really relevant here. There's a lot of predictions. Um, we've made predictions on this show. Some have been right. Some have been wrong. But you're probably getting this question from consumers all the time. Definitely. Um, We're going to write this one down here and come back <laughs> later, too. I don't know. And No, let's not write it down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, the rumblings that I've been hearing um, from the Fed is that they're going to be more aggressive 
with their rate increases. Um, and instead of um, a quarter basis point the next time around, they were you know, shooting for a half. So I think the interest rates are, as the Fed's increasing interest rates, I think that's definitely going to happen. Um, they're not seeing what they want to see with the numbers as far as the job numbers. Uh, the inflation is not moving fast enough for them. So they're hell-bent on just plowing forward, increasing those rates to try to make the needle move, which I think will be unsuccessful also. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, I mean, it's eventually going to have to, you know, hit the mortgage interest rates. So I think, I mean, we have been seeing them tick up. Luckily, it's been more, you know, gradual and they're da dancing around that, you know, mid sixes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they do go over seven, what happens with buyers if they're going to, if we're going to see that like we did last fall when they mm -hmm. went up to seven, buyers pulling back. Um, I think that really makes the market, that really makes buyers nervous right. when it moves into a whole different number. Right. I think they are going to creep up above seven. Um, and we're going to be dancing around there for several months. And then hopefully, you know, by the, the third quarter, maybe we'll, we'll start to see things, uh, dip down a bit, but I don't see us, I don't see us getting, um, down to like the low fives this year. I don't see it going into the fives. Yeah. So the, did you guys follow what the fed said today? Yeah. So they're at it again, yes. making news, tanking the market. Tank Thank you, market. Jerome Powell. So, uh, he came out today and, and cautioned that interest rates are likely, this is Jerome Powell, that interest rates are likely to head higher than central bank policy makers had expected. And, Citing data earlier this year showing that inflation has reversed. It showed in late 2022. Here's the quote. The latest economic data have – the latest – this doesn't even make sense. The latest economic data have come in – that's just grammatically wow. incorrect. So I'm going to uh, adjust this for you, Jerome. Uh, <laughs> the latest economic data has come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be higher than previously anticipated. If the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we would be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. End of story. So then I look at our friends at uh, CME Group. They have that the Market Watch tool. Yep. So yesterday, they had a 68.6% chance we'd see a 25 basis point increase. Today, there's a 67.5% chance we're going to see a 50 basis point mm -hmm. increase. Yep. So that jumped up almost right away. And... You know, we talked about Sam Zell last week, that he basically said the Fed got it all wrong. Everyone's been saying the Fed needs to chill out here. Uh, this is not unexpected. It's a double negative, but you get the point. Uh, this is I, We kind of talked about this last week on the, on the Knowledge Brokers podcast where I thought 50 is the likely number now. And they were just they, we just hadn't heard the Fed say it yet. Well, they came out today and basically said that's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So I still do anticipate rates are going to come down into like that 6%. Like, any six would be fine. I yeah. think that would be something because we saw what happened with six in the month of January. Mm -hmm. Now there, there was some intent there. It's this seven plus is where things start getting a little little dicey for people. So, you know, seeing this, if I'm a seller right now, I'm getting my home on the market like yesterday, like immediately. You should just call us right now. We'll be over after the show. <laughs> Stacy and Sarah both got listing presentations ready to go with them. They got their laptops. You should be getting your home on the market right now before inventory creeps up. Because if this is going to continue to be the policy, we're going to see inventory grow. And 
it's still going to be low, but as inventory goes up and and, and rates go up, I, I think it's uh, it, it almost might be like the last opportunity for sellers to cash in on this on this uh, pandemic market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially you know with a competitive market as it is, with buyers you know competing against each other for your home, which then sellers can enjoy you know that <laughs> way over asking and waiving the inspections. I mean, sellers love a waived inspection offer because mm-hmm. they don't have anything to worry about then. Right. And especially if it's cash or if they're waiving the mortgage contingency. So, yes, sellers um, definitely, you know, make the move, pack up, <laughs> put your house on the market. We'll come over, give you all the information, walk you mm-hmm. through the process. But, yeah, it is a great time because you still have the competitive nature of the market. Right. I mean, I think if you are if you're a seller and you've been if you've been seriously like thinking about this, it's time to meet with the agent. It's time to come up with a game plan. Um, and you're better off putting it up sooner rather than later, 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this is also the first time since 2007 that the fi- that the two, uh, the two-year Treasury yield topped 5%. So, I mean, that's th- that, that's a big deal, and we're seeing this stuff move up because of what the Fed's doing. So now I would argue it's probably going to calm down a little bit after these comments like it always does. There's this reaction, and then things change. It's uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting spring market to say the least. So you know, with with the three pronged issues that are there, all the more reason to get educated and have like a, a strategy session or a planning meeting up front with whoever you're talking to if you're thinking about buying or selling a home. And if your agent's not doing that, it's time for another agent. It's it's hard for me to imagine as a buyer an agent not doing that. Right. Because how would you know what what even to expect? Right. You're more well-informed than most. And what I would say, it's hard for me as a 22-year real estate veteran to imagine that everyone actually did that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of the other way around. I mean, you're dealing <laughs> with these people. You know what goes on. So all that in mind, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about something a little different, where buyer's remorse is now turning into lawsuits all over the country. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool with an E.com. 
sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 Remax team nationwide, and we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Whatever you're supposed to do on those social media channels. So, I find this really interesting, and th- this is not that surprising. To me at all. I kind of saw this coming well before all this happened. Uh, wanted to share it with this with 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 the audience here because I think it's actually a, a relevant thing. And I've got some advice for people and for agents if they're gonna do this. I love to hear you two chime in. So we've seen that more home buyers are blaming their agents and taking them to court based on waiving inspections during the white hot market that we just came out of in 2020, 2021, and parts of 2022. So what has ended up happening is that uh, buyers are suing their agent or broker because they waived an inspection and later discovered an issue with the property, according to uh, the publication Real Estate News. And there's an attorney, uh, Matt Allegi. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. People are thinking they overpaid for their house and then the water heater breaks or they start renovating the basement and they find mold and they're having buyer's remorse. They're upset and they want someone to pay. Is this surprising? Are, have, have you, has anyone run into this? Tell me what you have going on and, 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 and what, what your reaction is to everything here. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not surprising. Um, I personally have not run into it. Um, in instances where I had clients that did waive inspections, I mean, you have to be very clear with them as to what that means. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, if you have, if you're like, if you have a buyer that's looking to put an offer in on a home, you know, the first step is typically calling the agent and kind of finding out whatever information they're willing to give you. And there certainly are instances where they will mention, you know, everybody's waived inspections or, you know, half have or whatever the the situation may, may be. Um, and then I think it's your job as the your client's agent to let them know that that's the scenario, mm-hmm. but fully explain to them what that means if you if you do waive them. And like we were talking about before, like they have to be your client has to be comfortable with the offer that they are submitting. So if they're comfortable doing that, cool. This is what all that means. If they're not, that's fine. Like you might not get the house, but like you have to. You have mm-hmm. to get what that means if you if you waive them. Yeah, I think that's definitely 
the key. You have the clients have to understand fully what they're getting into, mm-hmm. and each case, each each house is different. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing when we start talking about um, inspections, when I speak to my clients, um, and if they're not comfortable with waiving inspections, then okay, is there a, what else can we do? Do you have contractor relatives? Mm-hmm. Is your dad? Does he understand a house? Could he come out with us at showings? You know, there's workarounds. Right. There's definite workarounds. Um, I work with an inspector, and he will do walk-and-talk inspections. Mm-hmm. So we can do that during a showing. Mm-hmm. So he, they'll get an abbreviated version of an inspection. Mm-hmm. He will look for the highlights, the high points, the, the you know, most of it's in the basement. Yeah. Everything stems pretty much from the basement up, right? Mm-hmm. So he will go through there quickly with them and, and go over things. But people also have to understand, too, that inspectors are limited. They cannot look. If it's a finished basement, they can't look behind those walls to let you know if there's mm-hmm. mold behind there or, you know, certain structural issues. Um, they can only see what they can see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're somewhat limited, too. Um, as far as some of these things that I was reading in, in this article about um, the hot water heater breaking, well, mm-hmm. that's being a homeowner. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. and it always happens on a weekend or a holiday. Right. Um, that's part of owning a home. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally understand how risky it is if you, you do wave inspections, but you have to each house is is um, completely different scenario. You have to try to be creative in what you can do. Um, if the buyers do have relatives or friends that are contractors or you can get a walk-and-talk inspection, would they be willing to waive inspections then to get the house? Mm-hmm. Most likely, I've found in my, with my clients, they have been. They trust their family members or their friends mm-hmm. to tell them that the house is sound, right. um, you know, which could even be stronger point than a home inspector. Right. But uh, I personally haven't had any, I shouldn't say it, knock on wood, any situations. I don't think this is Um, real wood, Stacey. It's not going to help you. (laughs) But we've, you know, and the other thing, too, we read that seller's disclosure carefully. We ask lots of of questions, Mm -hmm. and we make sure we understand what the seller's disclosure means also. Mm -hmm. So everything you said is right on. I'm going to kind of summarize this here because I, I, I find it really important, and agents oftentimes cut corners until they realize there might be like they might be getting themselves into trouble. So you both mentioned it. You got to be extremely clear on market conditions. Hey, in order for you to get the house, here's what it's going to take. This isn't I'm telling you to do this. Right. This isn't my recommendation is X. In order for you to get the house, here's what's happening. Uh, one of the great things I know a lot of folks on our team have done is they'll get an email from the agent if they don't get the house and say they you didn't get it uh-huh. because of X, Y, and Z. Yep. Present that in writing in an email to your clients because emails and texts and all that stuff discoverable. I'm a big fan of talking to people on the phone because they hear the tone of your voice and it's it's a, it's a way more expressive conversation. You might need to back those phone calls up via email. Like, hey, I know we talked about this. Here's what we discussed. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and being very clear on market conditions because if they're telling you, I want this house no matter what. The only option may be to waive inspections. That's just that's just how the market is. I'd also get everything in writing from these people. So, I mean, you get them to, like, initial that they're waiving the inspection. Uh, something our sales manager, Brian, has been talking about. I thought this was, this was like an aha moment. How many times do you think people have signed that contract without actually reading the contract, the agreement of sale? Quite a quite Realistically. Yeah. <laughs> you can always tell how quickly they get it back to you. Son. Right, right, right. <laughs> so... Probably more than they would yeah. want to admit. So 
what what he's what he's uh, suggesting people do. I think this is great. We talked about it yesterday. Is you get that like a one page offer offers offer summary sheet, not offer sheet, offer summary sheet. Have the buyer sign that or initial it because then it's a, it's it's a summary of the terms they're offering. Mm-hmm. I think that can be pretty helpful um, in in these situations uh, where it's hey here's the offer et cetera et cetera, um, and this is probably where I think realtors getting themselves in a lot of trouble. They're not specific enough when they're talking to people. You ever felt like you weren't specific enough with somebody before? Mm-hmm. I know I have. And so saying something like, hey, this means this. Like, here is what will happen if you do this. And I've had these conversations with folks. It's like, I want to walk away from the deal. or I'm gonna, And I said, if you do this, you are likely to lose your deposit money. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send you an email saying the same thing because I don't want you to think this, is, this isn't something vague. And you've got to be really specific in any communication because a lot of agents, I mean, how many times have you heard, I I didn't know that's what that meant, or I didn't know this, or I didn't know that. Um, So a lot of times I would say, sure, they could be unhappy with the condition of their home. If their agent was overly specific with them, I doubt there'd be a lawsuit here right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But imagine you call someone, Stace or Sarah, and they say, well, so the home's ours if we do this. That's way different than in order to get the house, this is what we have to do. And it involves no inspection and no right to negotiate or, or whatever else. And then it's important to know your options, like you guys had said as well. Um, so I, I think that would have eliminated a lot of this. But what I know is there's a lot of agents that had little to no experience just telling people, bit above the asking price, waive everything. And some buyers just don't, they just want the house. Right, right, right. Have you ever had a buyer that just would like, you knew they were going to buy the house no matter what, and it didn't matter what you told them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what? Yeah. Or what happened in the transaction? Yeah, yeah, they wanted the house. Mm-hmm. But you still go through and make sure they're clear on everything. Right. Because they, you have to make sure that they have an understanding of what they're submitting. Right. This is what you're doing. You know, do you understand? You know, you have to make it clear. And like you said, Tom, put it in writing. Have email, you know, back and forth to have that documentation. But if some, I mean, if folks are, are definitely determined to make that purchase of a home, then you're there to guide them through it. You just have to make sure everything is perfectly clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I typically like to for definitely for the first offer, like, hey, let's, I just sent the documents over to you. Let's hop on. I'm going to send you like a Zoom link here. I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to walk through the agreement of sale and I'm going to tell you exactly what we've elected and what, and what that means. If we have waived things, you know, kind of break it down for them. And then, you know, let's say this is a client that you've written quite a few offers. I'm not going to hop on a Zoom with you every time, you right. know, but I will absolutely reiterate to them as we're like putting this together. Okay, so we're clear. This is this is what we're electing to do. This is what we are waiving. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that, you know, I'm, I didn't just structure a deal and send it over. You know, right. like it's right. You're deciding what we're doing here. Yes. Got it. Well, I, I and I totally agree with that. And, and and so many agents they just cut corners and like let's get the offer and we got it and they don't they don't want to explain it and mm-hmm. that's where things get a little uh, get a little funky. So I think that that's a great um, observation on on your part there both ways. So um, with that, uh, anything else? Like, do you, do you think any of these lawsuits are going to be successful? What's your what's your take mm. on that? I, you know, I guess some of them could be really depending on on the conditions. Um, I mean, honestly, if somebody has, if it's a septic involved, <laughs> right, and an agent told them it was okay to waive a septic inspection, right, that's, that's like, that's kind of malpractice right there. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm wondering, like, as they're reviewing these, like, 
where does the um, I'm trying to think how to word this like do you need to prove that the agent was like misguiding them or mismanaging or like neglecting to tell them things or do you need so like do you need to prove that they did that or that they why can't I word this you know what I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say right like where does the burden lie do you have to prove that they did it or just show that they I don't know right It'll be interesting to see how they, how it plays out. I'm I'm not sure how that would how that would go. Yeah, but they have to like would the agent have to say, oh sure, yeah, go ahead and waive the inspections and no, shouldn't be any problems at all. Right. Was it like that? Right. Even if it was a well and septic and all those things, you know. Right. It's like, and like, does it need to be in writing, or could you just as a, you know, having buyer's remorse and mm-hmm. being frustrated with the process and maybe feeling as though things weren't explained to you properly? Although mm-hmm. it is also interesting. People often remember only what they want out of conversation. Select, so selective hearing is yeah. real. Right. So yes. I mean, I think that the putting things in writing, absolutely. Even if you feel as though like, oh, that was a great conversation, everybody understood everything. Um, I'm sure backing all of that up with writing would be important because when things go sideways, people only remember what they want. Um, so you know, or or do you have to have something like proof? Like, no, this is what the agent told me mm-hmm. told me to do. And so we followed their lead, even right. though we signed off on all the documents. But right. they still didn't have that full understanding. Right. Yeah. So where is the line that it is? Does mm-hmm. it does it fall onto the agent? Right. Well, and, and th- there is a point where I know agents don't explain things properly to yes. clients. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've worked with somebody and they're like, well, I haven't heard from my realtor in three months or yeah. they never told me this or I didn't I didn't sign this stuff. I don't know what you're talking. They don't have a contract sometimes. So. You got to give some of these people the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some bad agents out there that just did whatever they had to to get the deal done, and mm-hmm. that's not the right way to serve clients. That's a really great point. So, it, to me, it's just how do I run a proper business, and what would I do if my? I mean, th- you've run other businesses before. You've been in other businesses. It's like, what do I need to do here? And I'm just going to do the same thing in real estate. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would argue some of these have merit. Others, I think, might be a little wonky. But no mm-hmm. matter what, as a real estate agent. If your client's unclear, whether you think you told them or not, you didn't do your job. Right. And that, and I think that that's a really, that's a really important, important spot to leave it here. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I had a very interesting conversation with Tom Ferry last week where he talked about back to basics. And maybe we've been thinking about this all wrong. So we're going to unpack that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. 
Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacy Mitchell. We have Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country. And we are streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So I had a very interesting conversation. There's actually a podcast coming out about this uh, as well with Tom Ferry last week down in Dallas. And tell me what you guys think about this. So how many times have you heard the word or the phrase, we got to get back to basics this year, besides from mm-hmm. me? Yep. Lots yeah. of people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then usually when people say back to basics, what do they what do they follow that up with? I mean, get back to like the foundation and the, is that what you mean? Well, like give me some examples. Like say back to like what does back to basics mean in real estate? Or what yeah. do you think it means? For other agents? Anybody. Phone calls, making co- like conversations, connections. Actually, actually following up with yeah. people. <laughs> so that's what I would think too. Mm-hmm. Here's what Tom said and I, I could not agree with this more. That's advanced, right? Most people aren't making their phone calls. Most people aren't following up. The average realtor follows up 2.7 times, according to NAR. They don't do any of this stuff. You know what basics are in real estate? Making lunch plans, <laughs> avoiding doing work, talking about how you're going to call somebody all day and make, and make eight phone calls in, in an eight-hour day, and then you're like, oh, I'm exhausted, going to broker's, broker's open houses. for the free food. <laughs> uh, so that's the, that's the basic stuff. And I found that fascinating because wow. – we think that's basic. So credit to all three of us for actually working and being serious about our careers. So I think that that's number one. So congratulations, you two. You've already outperformed the average agent, which you already knew that. <laughs> but it's maybe we've been, you know, we've been preaching the wrong thing. Instead of back to basics, it's back to what works. Let's do the things that we know convert. And it's really conversations, appointment setting, running appointments and converting at them, and then negotiating and writing agreements of sale and getting listing contracts signed. It's So it's conversations, appointments, contracts, if you want to really dumb it down. And making your phone calls is advanced. I mean, when you think of the average realtor, they sold what, like three to six homes last year? Do you think that person's really making like 50 phone calls a day? No. Mm-hmm. No way. They can't be. Because if they did, they'd they would be sell selling more. They would sell more houses, yes. So, <laughs> 
Uh, I found this very fascinating. So what we went on to talk about was that in a shift, the thing that comes to mind is that it's 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 an opportunity, right? I mean, are, what are you seeing right now in the marketplace? So you're in the market, you're working, you guys have been through insane 2020, which it went from recession to gangbusters market, went through a shifting market last year, 2021. When you hear a shifting market, what comes to mind? I almost feel like that's par for the course. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we've been having a shifting market. It's like it's a constantly, if it wasn't shifting, I think something was going on. Like, right, oh, right. What's it's, up? <laughs> right. It's, it's constantly shifting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you just have to be able to be nimble in any market. You mm-hmm. have to know what to do in any market because right. we've seen all markets in these past couple mm-hmm. of years. Right. So the fact that you guys are, and this is one of the reasons I love working with you too, is because you're already, you're seeing the opportunity in the marketplace. But anytime there's like a recession or something that's going different than just like a great market, it's it's all about career opportunities. Mm-hmm. And this is when, I remember we had a call with Tom. I don't even know if you were on the team yet, but we had a call like right when things shut down with him. It was like a Friday afternoon. And he goes, Sarah, are you drinking wine? Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I, I, well, I, I mean, I, I think it was couple, five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it was five o'clock on a Friday. It wasn't, no, I, I, I I, a couple people did, but I remember he specifically said, hey, Sarah, like, so I remember this specifically, and the best agents are made in, in markets like this, and I think the fact that we've survived these, like, three shifts that you guys have seen in three years mm-hmm. is is amazing. So with the opportunities that are out there, what kind of approach are you taking to your business? And I got one piece of advice he gave me, but I, I just wanted to reiterate this because the basics aren't making phone calls. That's advanced. I think it's – and it's not back to basics. It's what's working and what's going to help you sell properties – because there's going to be less homes that sell this year. There's still $4 million. We only need about 1,000 of them for our team, so that's great. And what are we going to do to take that market share? So what, what's your approach like now versus what it was maybe this time of last year? And both your businesses up trending up, by the way. So congratulations to the two of you. Yeah, I mean, I would say really trying to listen and understand the client's motivation, fears, concerns, and make it about them. And I mean, that's how it always should be in in any market. But, um, you know, just don't try and rush through it or don't try and just like get to get to wherever, like take the time to to figure out what's really going on. And maybe like and as you've been doing this, you know, more and more years, you can kind of read between the lines a little bit when somebody says one thing like they might actually mean something else. So getting to be able to have them trust you enough and have, you know, a genuine relationship starting there where they feel comfortable telling you what's actually going on and where maybe you can also feel comfortable saying like, hey, I know you're saying this, but from my experience, like a lot of times it's, Mm -hmm. you know, this might be what's going on. So just, you know, not rushing through it and really trying to figure out what's going on um, with each conversation and um, appointment that you're you're able to have. Yeah, I don't know if I'm changing as much um i might be doing a couple additional things maybe um that i might have not done so much in the past but it is all about if someone wants if someone has interest in um going out to look at homes or you know there's a rattling of a listing appointment make sure you get with those people right away. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. don't waste time. Don't don't set the appointment for next week mm-hmm. unless they're having, like, a medical, like, <laughs> procedure and they can't, they're not available till next week. But set, get, get in front of them, like, within 24, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really, really important because you need to, you need to get in front of them 
talk about their situation. Yeah. There's actually a study out there that if you set the appointment and you within 72 hours of the conversation, it's much more likely to happen than mm-hmm. when you push it out. There's just like stuff that there, another agent could come into the picture. I mean, there, there's so many things that can go wrong. So and there is an emotional aspect here. Um, so I love that you're adding things. I mean, and what I'm hearing from both of you is you got you've got the right mindset, which is like an evergreen mindset, which means you always got to be getting better and doing new things to innovate your business, which a lot of agents don't have. I mean, a lot of them they just think, oh, well. I remember this so vividly last year. It was like, if you're not ready to buy a home in the next 10 minutes, they just weren't working with you, which I think is it's, it's silly. It's a, yeah. it's a bad business strategy. But people would say that to them or, you know, I, I need more opportunities. Well, you don't need more opportunities. You need to follow up with the ones you have, and they're going to convert at a certain rate that's documented. Mm-hmm. And and so many agents kind of just did that because they were there was a lot of lazy follow-up that went on. Um, one of the things we talked about was that, and this might be a little hooky here, so hear me out, um, is don't follow up anymore. Instead, set appointments with people when you're going to be talking to them. Because have you ever had like some, I would say the, someone says call me in a month and you call them in two weeks or split it in half like you normally would. It's kind of a crapshoot if they're actually going to pick up the phone or not, right? Mm-hmm. But what if you, you're talking to somebody and it's, hey, so Sarah, I know you and Eric are thinking about making a move, blah, blah, blah. You want to wait till your daughter's out of school. So you're thinking maybe June or July. So why don't we set a time to talk in like mid-April or mid-May when it's a little closer to that and there, there's no commitment involved. What's usually a good time a week for you to get on the phone? Then you actually send that person like a calendar invite mm-hmm. and and like really schedule it with them. It's, it's so different than like a consultation with like your accountant about your taxes or something, right? That, that could be a little more forced and a little more deliberate and the people that have intent are going to be okay with that. Right. The ones that don't, they're just going to flake on you like they normally would. So Doing things a little differently like that, I, I'm clear, can go a long way in this market as well. Uh, what, what? So you're adding things. You're listening more, which I think is really great. I mean, you, this is like how to run a business no matter what the conditions are. Anything else you found yourself doing more of or maybe you know you should have been doing but you, you didn't until now? Because we, we're, we're coming off a time that's unprecedented. And I, I think it's relevant to realize we went from this to that, and you've got to adjust your strategy a little bit, even if it's something you always knew you should be doing. Maybe you're just doing more of it. I think just keeping track track of my numbers more, um, just so I know <laughs> better what's going on. Like we've always kept track of numbers, but I think I'm uh, we've honed in more what would be more effective, a yeah. better effective way of tracking numbers. Yeah, I love that. We had a call about this today with Jeff Mays, our coach. So, what did you take anything out of that state? You, you guys wow. are both on the call. Well, I who that guy that he talked to that put all that stuff on the board. I'm like that guy never sleeps. I don't know what he does because he doesn't sleep. And anybody that could do that much work in right. one week and and still nurture and still deal doctor and st- that was fascinating to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we had a call last week um, about, I think, like making the most of your business and your personal life and just trying to like pre-put things in the calendar, which I know we all have known since day one being on the team. If it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. <laughs> calendar, yes. calendar, calendar. And for some reason, I always fight it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to put it in my calendar. I mean, I put appointments and like things in there, but I don't necessarily like block out my day for like, and this is when you're going to do this and this is when you're going to do that. Um, if it's not like an actual appointment. Um, and I think, you know, trying to go in and put out in advance and really like plan out your your week in advance um, to make the most of, 
make the most of the time because something he had said when when that call was, you know, you look at this open calendar and you think like, oh, I have so much flexibility and I can do like whatever when really it does just have you, um, you know, put out fires at times that maybe they don't need to be put out mm-hmm. or um, end up wasting a bit of a bit of time. And then really you're just you're running around and you would have been better off <laughs> having the block structure yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that to be valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will forget doing stuff that you will get your significant other will get really pissed off at you for if you don't put it in the calendar. It's mm-hmm. happened to me numerous occasions. I, I say this all the time. Um, you know, I, I do. Jeff, Jeff's pretty interesting, too. So Jeff Thibodeau from the crew up in Ontario, he, he did that call. I mean, he, he goes like rock climbing for two days at a time. So, I mean, he puts wow. that in his calendar. So it's he, he's he's flexible, but. It's it's a structured flexibility, so he knows right. when he's going to do stuff. So, which I think is, and I, if you, if if that's speaking to you, I think that helps, and that's why he's so good at it because it's not like he's working all the time. Right. He does other stuff that 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 that's there, and it, it's super relevant. And like you said, I mean, you do end up putting out like a lot of. It's just like, oh, this is my flex time, and you get nothing done. Mm-hmm. It's not productive. It's just busy work that yep. either didn't need to get done at all, or just got done during that time. So. I, I find that pretty pretty interesting. So the, the last thing Tom mentioned, we're going to get played off here in a minute, was the people that are out there, and, and there's really like three groups of agents right now. Stuff's rocking and rolling. They were had a really good start to last year, and now they don't know what's going on. They're rocking and rolling. Now they're like a rock. And people that are just overwhelmed and don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. the, the first group, they're fine, right? But that those second two groups... They've got to make a decision how much they really actually want to have a successful business because it's not going to be that market where – how many people have you seen come in and out of the business? They actually did a good amount of, of, of sales, and now they do nothing over the past two years. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's common, unfortunately, because it was so easy to be in the right place at the right time, and then everyone thought that's how it was going to be forever, and that's just, that's just not the market. Mm-mm. So if you've got it – and you, you guys have both been new to the business in the past three, four years – you made a decision. What went through your mind when you made that decision of this is what I want to do and I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful? What went through your head? Uh, well, it's it's always that it's do or die for me. It's like nobody else is going to take care of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't have any kind of big inheritance waiting for me. But uh, right? yeah, so we set goals. Can we get one of those? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we set goals and you follow the path. You know, follow those goals and, and you'll get to your goals. Yeah, and there is no... Plan B, like this is what you're doing. Yes, I love that. No plan B. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well said, you two. That's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio. You want to follow Sarah? She's at Ty underscore tie Time on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. And we stream live every week. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Make sure to follow. Give us a like. And we will be back next week on WWDB 860 AM.